And welcome back to the show, Adam Peacock in for Simon Hill. Just before we get to the women's game with Alicia, just before the break, Brosco, we mentioned that derby <laughs> where you whinged and whinged. But a funny thing happened, though, the next season. They brought in VAR. And what example did they use with their pre-season chat when they went around to each club about why we brought in VAR? Well, they used a decision uh, of when I was fouled in the box to say <laughs> that that would have been overturned <laughs> if we had VAR. Did that improve the mood? Uh, it got him kicked straight out of the room. <laughs> That's what that happened. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Good times. And no one's whinged about uh, video uh, assistant referees mm. ever again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the women's game, we're going to talk about that right now because there's plenty to talk about with uh, all its international window. Obviously, we've got the Matildas here in the Cup of Nations. We've got a pit going on with Canada over there at the She Believes Cup and uh, also the playoff tournament over in New Zealand. Alicia Carnivus joins us right now, as always. Wow, where do we start here, Alicia? The Matildas, I guess, and that performance on Sunday. How good was it in your opinion? Oh, look, absolutely brilliant. Good evening, guys. Uh, fantastic game against Spain. I mean, obviously, the game of two halves, very, very cliche, but absolutely the first half was stellar. I haven't seen a, a Matilda's performance like that that's been so clinical in a very long time. I mean, Courtney Vine is probably the, the talking point from that match um, from the very beginning, and obviously that goal was just fantastic. So for me, it, it that was the real confidence booster, um, not only for the team, but for Tony as well, as we sort of head into this tail end of preparations for the Women's World Cup. And I think, yeah, the second half was it was a little bit um, different, I guess, in the regards to letting in a couple of goals and just finishing the match. But that's something they can build on. Um, scoring three goals against a Spanish team, even if they are a bit depleted, is is no mean feat. So uh, full credit to the to the girls. And you talk about that performance in the first half. I mean, I remember having a similar feeling with the Socceroos. I just hadn't seen anything in four years to make me think we had any real chance. And then that performance in the World Cup, um, you know, in the second game of the tournament just had me blown away, really, to think, hold on, we, we can actually do something here. Um, seeing that first half then against Spain, has that not changed your opinion, but given you more confidence going into this World Cup? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I'm I'm always the, the critique and the critic um, when it comes to to the national teams and even uh, women's football in the country. I think when you want something to be better and you want structurally things to improve and, and for building blocks to be there for the future, I think we're always looking at what we can be doing better and that's just quite natural. Um, but that definitely for me was... Um, a shift probably even in my own mentality and that gave me real um, hope and confidence that I think we can do something uh, pretty special and go deep into the tournament if we carry on in that fashion um, come July. There's so many bright spots to come out of these two match days for the Matildas in my opinion Alicia but um, one at either end so Caitlin Ford the established star her partnership with Sam Kerr superb and Caitlin looks if she's not in career best form, she's very, very close to it at the moment. And hopefully it improves when these big matches come up for Arsenal very soon. And Claire Hunt at the other end, looking like someone who's played already 20, 30 games for the Matildas, not two. Yeah. Um, Claire Hunt for me was uh, one of the best debutantes I've seen um, in a very long time. I'll go as far as saying ever, um, particularly in that, 
really, really important role of a, of a centre-back. We're playing against um, the 152-gamer of Claire Polkinghorne, and even that would be quite daunting uh, coming into that role next to next to Polk's. And um, just the, the confidence as well in return that, that Polk's gave Claire the other Claire, um, with her performance and in and around that, I think was fantastic as well. So a a good chemistry building there. And just we've seen Alana Kennedy um, injured quite a fair bit in the last few months. And it's just nice to see someone coming in and solidifying that role in the back line. And looking uh, forward to tomorrow's game against uh, against Jamaica, you're looking for some squad rotation, hoping to see a, a few other girls start and get a bit more game time? Uh, look, that would be my hope. I think Tony is quite fixed uh, in his eleven. I'll be I'll be honest in saying that. I, I don't think we've seen too much change in these these games that really really matter. Jamaica's a different uh, kettle of fish in terms of what we'll expect uh, physically and athletically. But I think it is time. I, I'd like to see um, players like Emily Gilnick, who who are fantastic in their own right as strikers. Um, they haven't like Emily hasn't had much game time as well. But I just like to see them get a, a bit of a run. Uh, Claire Wheel is another one for me. Amy Sayer as well. Her physicality is is needs a test um, at this level, in my opinion. So I'd like to see a little bit of rotation just so we can, I guess, establish a little bit more depth in certain areas around the park as well and just make sure that we've got those bases covered. Hey, um, off the field, Alicia, we've got Spain. They've come here with 15 players without their best 15 players back in Spain with the blow up with the Federation over the, the structure of the coaching setup inside the Spanish women's team, and they they came out and said we didn't want him sacked, Jorge Villa, but we want changes. And the federation told them to turn around and shut up and play. So they've shut up and not played, but not shut up so much, and still pretty vocal about it. And Canada as well, having a blow up with their federation over the resources given to them in international windows, which has a great difference to what the men are afforded. What's your take on all of sure. this? Yeah, look, for me, it's disappointing. Uh, In all of it, um, you know, the federations ultimately run our game. Uh, In in terms of the women's game, we are and always have been a little bit uh, differently structured, I'd say, to the men's game historically. And we're starting to see growth and we're starting to see investment um, in the last few years, obviously, in the women's women's game worldwide. I think the the difference being, um, in my opinion, when federations start to go head-to-head with players, we start to dilute our game, um, no matter who's right or who's wrong in the different situations. Uh, we don't see the best players on the park uh, for different teams. We're seeing it with Spain, as you said, 15 players not there. That's a massive hit for world football, in my opinion. Um, that's mm. I, I don't know how we, as a as a growth area of the game can can truly measure our success or the impact of that growth um, if we're not fielding the best female players around the world. Uh, it's that simple for me. So I, I'd like to see these matters um, put to rest and some agreements been made because I, I just don't think um, we can honestly say we're putting our best foot forward collectively worldwide um, in, in the women's game if we're not fielding the very best players uh, in each federation or each country so the same goes with Canada they've they've been quite um I guess vocal in their protests even coming out with their purple shirts pre-match and um other teams in solidarity with them as well with purple armbands I mean the, the problem will not go away I don't think and I think federations need to 
to, I guess, um, understand, listen and, and come to some sort of a solution. Last one for you this evening. Uh, Sunday, April 30, A-League Women's Grand Final. Uh, what's your take on this announcement with it uh, locked in? It's going to take place at Combank Stadium in Sydney. Yeah, look, I'm a Queenslander, so I'm a little bit uh, miffed as it is. But look, um, it is what it is with the decision for, with the, the finals to be played in Sydney. I think large, largely we've accepted that now. But um, date-wise, it's a tricky one. Um, I would say for travelling fans uh, in the A-League women's, we're looking at three teams out of four being from Melbourne. Um, I guess the argument and the question is that people are raising at the moment is if we don't know who's playing who's the away team and who's the home team, but the tickets are on sale and I'm supposed to buy my tickets and have a guess at who's who's who, basically. So it's a bit of a an interesting sell point. But I think as well, we're asking fans to travel um, in this case this year. We're asking uh, Victorian fans to travel two months, two and a half months out of a Women's World Cup. Um, I would say that fans might choose to save their money to travel in July and August as opposed to for our national... Um, now National League and that final. So it is delicate. It is tricky. Uh, the tickets are really well priced, but whether or not we'll get the, the bums on seats, which is always a debacle for our league, it will, will be the clash, I think, with the World Cup. So timing um, and strategy, I don't know, a bit of a question mark for me. Good points, all of them, and very relevant and pertinent. Uh, Alicia, thanks so much for joining us once more and being part of the global game. And, um, yeah, uh, the regular host, Simon, uh, unless he's still on the Harry Styles Tour, um, opening <laughs> opening the uh, performances for Harry each and every night. He'll be back next week as well. So, um, yeah, look forward to your uh, – they will look forward to your company then. See you, Alicia. Awesome. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Have a good night. See you. You too. Thank you. And uh, Nathan from Epping, just quickly on the text line, can we finally put to bed the idea that the grand final sell-off is for the fans? Why is Danny Townsend still peddling the lie? A Sunday afternoon kickoff for the women's final, and it will presumably be the same for the men. It just it makes it even harder for every non-Sydney supporter. With the women's finals having three of the four teams in Victoria, it makes no sense. As always, decisions made by a Sydney-based APL FA in favour of Sydney. Nathan from Epping, the only thing slightly off in that, it's all an APL decision. So, yeah, anyway, but um, it's what it is. It is. We'll be back in a moment. We're going to discuss expansion in the A-Leagues right after this.